In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Quite beautiful words we hear from Jesus today. On this sixth Sunday of Apostles, we're still in this season of kind of reaping the fruits of what we learned from Easter. And here is these very powerful stories from, from Jesus that we hear in today's Gospel that I want us to really pay attention to. Remember, whenever it is we read the Word of God, we need to be paying attention to even the smallest of details because they have a lot to reveal to us. Today's Gospel, Jesus gives us a couple stories. First, he's talking about the political events of the day, of what's going on, what everyone is talking about. And he says that here is Pilate, Pontius Pilate, who is the Roman governor, who is again this foreigner who's ruling over the conquered people of the Jews, of Palestine, of Israel, whatever you want to call it. And here he is, and he commits this act that they can't believe. He goes and he mingles, it says he mingles the blood with their sacrifices. Basically, Pilate goes in to a temple of the Jews as they're worshiping God, and he kills them. He kills a great number of them. And it profanes God. It angers the people. It makes their sacrifice kind of, kind of this, uh, this, this unrespectful thing, right? And so here are the people, and they're upset. And Jesus says, do you think they were worse sinners than the rest? Do you think that's why they perished early? Or he says, are those 18 who died when the tower of Siloam falls upon them? Here's a natural disaster, not caused by anything. People just kind of going on with their lives. And the tower falls and kills 18 people. And Jesus asks the same question. Were these worse sinners than the rest of the people in Jerusalem? No. But he has a message for us. Life is fragile. Life is something that is here today, but could be gone tomorrow. He's saying it comes... Death comes for each and every one of us, and this is something we have to have in the forefront of our minds as Christians. That death is coming, and that we should not fear it, but we should be preparing for it. Part of being a Christian is this, right? There's a picture that I love called the, uh, the preparation of the death of St. Joseph, where St. Joseph is on his deathbed, and Mother Mary and Jesus are on the sides, and you see angels visiting him, and St. Joseph is dying. But it's a holy death. Because he's prepared for it. He knows what he's going on to. And that is the message Jesus has for us. Are we constantly prepared for our death? I know it's not the cheeriest of topics, but we have to kind of look at it as Christians, right? We have to look at it as Christians because this is the reality of life. Life is here today, but could not be tomorrow. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. Take life for what it is today. Last week we talked about just stopping to smell the roses, stopping to smell the flowers, right? The cliche saying, but very true. Appreciate life as it comes by. Don't let it just kind of go overhead. But appreciate that life. So Jesus has this message for us. For us that life is fragile. Life is fragile. Death can come for us at any moment. Be prepared. The next message he has is in a parable. Where he talks about the fig tree. And he talks about the judgment of God. Right? He talks about the judgment of God... And in a world like this, in a world where kind of we don't like authority, in a world where we don't like people telling us what to do, we like to have this kind of, you know, I, I am the master of my own life and I can decide what my freedoms are, I can decide what I want to do. We don't like being told what to do, which is why so many in today's world don't like the church, don't like the government, don't like whatever it might be. We want as little as control as possible. We want to be the masters of our own destiny. And so Jesus talks about God's judgment. That word, right? Judgment. We don't like that word. Nobody likes that word. 
Again, especially in a culture like today, we shy away from that word. You know, nobody can judge us, only God can judge us, and whatever it might be, that's cute, right? Whatever it might be. But why does, God, why does Jesus mention God's judgment in all of this, and how does he make the connection? You see, God gives us signs in our life that we might not be living the way he wants us to. We might be living down a wrong path. He gives us these signs, these little nudges in life, and he tells us, Gives us these, just said in the way, same way in the world, there are these signs that the world might not be going as it should. He gives us in our own lives those kind of pokes, those kind of kicks to the shins, those kind of loving, kind of tenderly embraces where he's saying, I want you to change. Whatever those signs might be, he's telling us, not going down the right path. He wants us to change before it gets worse. And you might think God's judgment is harsh. But how much harsher is it to live in a world without God's love? How much harsher is it to live in a world without heaven, without His love and constant eternity? Much harsher than God's judgment. You see, God's judgment, the rules of the church, whatever you want to call it, give us more freedom. It gives us more freedom because it tells us what we cannot do, because those things that we cannot do lead us down to lifelessness, lead us down to death, and those things that when we figure out we can't do and we don't do those things, it gives us this greater freedom because we can experience more and more of God's love in this world. God's judgment is meant to purify us. God's judgment is meant to make us into better people. The rules of the church are meant to make us into better Christians. Are meant to purify our hearts of those sins. Those sins that keep us away from God. One of my favorite, this is, Again, one of my favorite kind of stories in the parable. It's a strange parable, but it's one of my favorites that Jesus gives us. Imagine this fig tree. And the owner of the vineyard comes out to this fig tree, right? It's a very kind of, you can paint the picture in your head. The owner of the vineyard comes out, and here's the third year that he's planted this fig tree. And a fig tree should, by this point, have figs on it, should have fruit. And it has nothing. And so he says to the gardener, cut it down, throw it into the fire. I don't even want it anymore. I gave it three years, it's not doing anything. And here's the gardener who pleads with the vineyard owner. And he says, no, no, give me one more year. I'm really going to give it all my best. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to dig around it, put manure on it. I'm going to put this fertilizer on it. And it's going to grow and, and hopefully it will produce fruit. Give it one more chance. And the vineyard owner says, okay, I'll give it one more chance. But after that, it's done. After that, I'll throw it to the fire. And it's had as many chances as you can get. God's patience is something that he gives us. He's patient with us. He's loving with us. But at the end of the day, it's your choice as to whether or not you want to follow. It's your choice as to whether or not you want to follow his commandments. It's your choice whether or not you want to work with him. How beautiful is that image, a fig tree? A fig tree that should be effortlessly, it should be grown. It's given everything that it needs to live. All the tools that it needs to live and to produce fruit. It's being given. And yet, it's not responsive. It doesn't follow God. The nearer it gets to God, the nearer it gets to the sun, in a sense, the better it should be doing. And yet, somehow, some way, nothing's happening. It's not producing anything. The same goes for us. The closer we get to God, we should be changing, we should be producing fruits. 
We should be loving one another. We should be kind of putting these squabbles, right? These little kind of petty fights to the side and realizing that life is too short to not pay off your debts in this world. By debts in this world, I mean those debts that we have with others. Life is too short to go angry, to go to bed angry with one another, to go to bed angry, to let the sun go down, to still be angry with your brother, whatever it might be. Life is too short. You are never guaranteed tomorrow. We can never presume God's patience because tomorrow we might not have the day. God gives us everything you need today at this moment, right now as we're sitting down. He gives you the grace that you need to change your lives. He gives it to you. He gives you the strength. He gives you the tools. He gives you the church. He gives you the Holy Eucharist. He gives you everything that you need in order to work with God's grace, in order to produce fruits. But sometimes we reject it. Sometimes we allow the tree to die. We allow the leaves to fall off. We imagine this dry and withered tree. That is our souls. Don't do that. If God gives you everything, why walk away from it? If God gives you life, why walk into depression and anxiety and lifelessness? Why walk into a life that has no meaning? If He gives you everything, take advantage of it today. Take advantage of it today as we prepare always our hearts to receive Him. Because again, our life is always in transition. We're transitioning into the next world to come. We're on a journey to this new world to come, and we need to be preparing for that each and every day of our lives. Don't let time waste you by. Wait for that world that is above. Prepare for that world that is above. Prepare for the spiritual realities that Jesus Christ has offered you. He's offered you a home above. A home that is eternal. A home that you will live with God the Father in paradise. Today we prepare each and every day our hearts for that reality. And we say, Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and my God. There's nothing more than I want than to be with you. Amen? Let us stand one.